CCM is proud to be partnering with News Channel 8 for the final and only televised Connecticut gubernatorial debate in 2022. A crucial tenet of democracy, a debate is so much more than a question and answer session. It is the candidate's vision for our future. Rick Green, managing editor for News 8, joins the Municipal Voice this week to discuss the importance of this event for the state of news in 2022. We'd like to thank our sponsors at Gateway and Housatonic Community Colleges. The Municipal Voice is the Connecticut Commerce of Municipalities podcast in collaboration with WNHH LP 103.5 FM. I'm your host, Matt Ford. As always, be sure to give us a like and let us know what you're thinking in the comments. CCM's Municipal Voice podcast continues to present a key forum on important state local issues. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the consensus views of CCM or member municipal leaders. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Uh, happy to be with you. You used to work at the Hartford Current, and today you work at uh, News Channel 8. That's correct. Uh, which are two pillars of Connecticut media, long, long running. Um, how did you end up in journalism and what drew you to it as a career? Uh, I, you know, I I was always a newspaper guy. Mm-hmm. And what drew me to it was newspapers. So I worked in both uh, Chicago and San Francisco before I came to Connecticut many years ago. And I hooked up with the Hartford Current, which... Back in the 1990s, it was adding bureaus and mm-hmm. orders and uh, covering the entire state. So it was an exciting place to be working in journalism. The and oldest I continuously stayed, running newspaper in the, in the country. That's right. Still is. It still is. And I still stayed, is. stayed for many years uh, till this opportunity at, at News 8, WTNH mm-hmm. came up, which was a chance to sort of bring my interest in Connecticut News to mm-hmm. a different venue where they were looking for somebody with longtime experience working in Connecticut politics and yeah. just covering the state. So it's it's the same raw material here. Mm. But obviously, TV news is different. Yeah. So uh, a minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes, not much time to tell your story. So you got to get yeah. to the point fast. I know uh, Marshall McLuhan always said the, the yeah. medium is the message. Does working at a, at a newspaper at, or working on TV differ in the way you deliver the message? Are they doing oh, I, kind of two different things or is it versions of the same thing? Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, what, we, what you have here is, uh, you know, first of all, this comes at a time when it's everything's changing and how people get gather mm-hmm. their news. You know, uh, you know, everybody's using their cell phone now to access news, whether it's yeah. whether it's print or or TV. But in in TV, it's all visual. You have mm-hmm. to have something people can see. Uh, it's got to be immediate. So there's a lot of newspaper stories that can kind of wander in a lot of different directions that don't work on TV. So mm-hmm. obviously, there's a focus on breaking news. We have a real interest in at WTNH in trying to stake out the the political government coverage ground. Mm-hmm. So we're putting a lot of resources, for example, into the election this fall. Mm-hmm. And trying to give people maybe more than you would get from your typical television station. Yeah. When it comes to public campaigns. Uh, and you bring up an interesting point. You mentioned, you know, our phones and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. How does, you know, TV, print, how do they compete in a modern world against online media? Well, I mean, I would be someone who's sort of, uh, I would say, an old print guy who got religion. Uh, so I'm... I'm big on digital. I think how mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to how people are accessing their information now. Yeah. 
And it's it would be great if it was 1975 and we were reading our newspapers uh, uh, over coffee. Uh, I remember there was a statistic once that people spend an average of 17 minutes with their print newspaper mm. back in the 1990s and 2000. Well, nobody yeah. spends that kind of time with a print newspaper anymore except grandma and granddad. And yeah. So you have to pay attention to sh shorter nuggets of news, how people are getting it. It's a 24-hour cycle. It's it's tracking every little development. Mm -hmm. it, it's the same product, but you just have to think about, look, if people are getting it off their phone, then you respect that and give it mm -hmm. to them. And TV's going to have to reckon with that too. Let me tell you, yeah. you know, here it's, you know, people, people, a ton of people watch the five and six and 10 mm -hmm. and 11 news, but that's going to go away yeah. as we continue to evolve towards everything being digital. And mm -hmm. we've got to pay attention to that here at, at News 8 as much as anything. So we put a lot of resources into our digital product. Yeah, I imagine that with any story, you know, the first consideration is, is it going on the, the, yeah. the TV show? But the second is, how will it look or work online? Yeah, and increasingly, it's getting it up on digital before you ever worry about TV, you know? Yeah. If, you know, the day, the old routine was planning the day around the five and the six broadcast. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, maybe you have a noon, but you got to, if there's a verdict in the Alex Jones uh, trial, you got to get yeah. that up right now and not wait till, okay, we'll get it up at five o'clock, right? You're not waiting five hours because everybody else yeah. has already got it up on their website by yeah. then. Yeah. It's kind of like the old mentality with newspapers where it was like well we'll get it in by deadline tonight and it'll be in the print edition tomorrow well that's gone it's yeah. a matter of getting it up accurately clearly and concisely quickly online you mentioned that you know your station in particular is yeah. focusing on yeah. local politics this year um, and in a few short weeks connecticut residents are going to be headed to the polls to decide the future of connecticut how important is the 2022 election going to be in your opinion for connecticut you know, I think we're at a really interesting moment in Connecticut, uh, and I'm biased, okay? You know, I'm a Connecticut native, spent most of my life here. But, you know, it seems like we're getting on track in certain mm -hmm. areas here in terms of making this, uh, uh, let the world knowing that this is an attractive place to both live and do business mm -hmm. in. The signs that that the state is getting its finances in better shape, what with yeah. paying long-term debt, and so I think we've seen, we've seen in, incredible growth in places like New Haven and Stamford mm -hmm. and a lot of optimism in Hartford and some of our other cities. So I think it's this moment where Connecticut can begin to emerge more. And so who's running the state is pretty important, yeah. whether it's Bob Stefanowski, Rob Hodling or Ned Lamont. Yeah. Uh, speaking of running the state and the, the governor's race there, um, one of the reasons we're having you in particular on yep. this week is that WTNH and CCM are co-hosting the uh, right. final televised debate of the gubernatorial race, yep. which is a pretty big deal for, for us. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's going to be uh, November 1st, 7 p.m. on TNH uh, for everyone interested in watching. This is the second time that we've done this. We did it uh, four yeah. years ago at, the, at at our convention. With Why the heart current at the time, I with, remember. Yeah, that. with the current involved as well, all, all three of us. Um, why is it important for organizations like ours to link up for, for this debate? Well, I mean, is there a more important audience for these three candidates than the people that run every town and city in the state? I, I mm -hmm. can't think of a more significant audience for them to be speaking to. I mean, yeah, I think parents and, you know, taxpayers and everything, but the folks that run Connecticut's municipalities, 
yeah. whatever policies Bob Stefanowski or Ned Lamont or Rob Hodling come up with, these are the folks that are going to feel it right off. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about tax cuts or what do we do about the motor vehicle tax, yeah. or property tax, or how are we spending all that COVID relief money? This is a pretty informed audience yeah. that is going to be paying attention to everything these guys say. So I, I think it's a really cool uh, setup because you have people who are very aware and very informed and these candidates can't BS this audience. So if you don't mind, uh, for our viewers at, at home, could you fill in a little bit about the debate, like with the format and how they can kind of expect it to, to run? Yeah, so it's an, it's an hour-long debate. It'll be live on WTNH. Mm -hmm. So you could tune in at home if you want, uh, also streamed uh, as well. There will be a moderator. Uh, mm -hmm. Dennis House will be moderating this. Okay. We'll have three panelists. Uh, Keith Koontz, who's one of our morning anchors. Mm -hmm. Jody Latina, who is our chief political correspondent. Yep. And our third guest, I'm sure you would know, Joe DeLong, mm -hmm. uh, head of CCM. Yep. So it will be an opportunity. I think we're going to spend a lot of time trying to focus our questions so that mm -hmm. they're dice so that you know politicians want to get their message out and i respect mm -hmm. that but we want to hear some specifics yeah. so we're really going to be working on drilling down and and, mm -hmm. and getting them to answer questions that where there's a the, the, an answer that voters can use yeah really follow up to get the actual facts yeah. not just sound bites. And, yeah. and again i'd come back to this audience you know this is not an audience of typical political partisans here these are folks who like Okay, Bob. Okay, Ned. Let's talk about how this is going to affect my school budget or yeah. my my roads budget or my you know how we're going to manage the next COVID flare up or yeah. something. Yeah. Um. You know, we we know the saying. You know, all politics is local. And for News Eight and CCM, we're concentrating on local stories for this. Yeah. Uh, what kind of questions can we expect the candidates to be fielding at this debate? Uh, let's see. I think we want to ask, obviously we're going to be, you know, taxes and the economy is going to be a front of mind. We've done two political surveys so far this year. Mm -hmm. The number one, uh, criteria that people are using for deciding who to vote for is, is the economy mm -hmm. and break that down to, you know, inflation, taxes, cost of living kind of stuff. So, you know, if if we are moving into a recession and we don't know that completely yeah. yet, there's some worrisome signs. What does this mean for Connecticut? Does this mean we're going to be seeing, you know, we have Bob Stefanowski who's arguing we should be using more of the state surplus mm -hmm. and giving it back to people. Uh, you, you have Ned Lamont saying, well, you know what? I'm trying to be responsible here because if there's a real economic downturn, we need to preserve the state's rainy day fund, the budget mm -hmm. surplus. So I think there will be a lot of questions about how are you managing the state's econ uh, budget and finances? Yeah. You know, beyond that, you know, there's a lot of other questions that I think need to be answered about. So are, what are we going to see in terms of uh, creating a better economic climate for companies in mm -hmm. Connecticut? Are we, are, you know, are, are we tackling some of these uh, nuisance taxes that we hear about from yeah. the business side and uh, to make whether it's Hartford or New Haven more uh, attractive? Um, yeah. Some things are pretty obvious. We have pretty good schools here in Connecticut. How are we going to keep things yeah. uh, at the level they are? Housing is a huge issue. I got to mm -hmm. tell you, you know, on all levels, from people who can't afford housing at all yep. to young professionals who can't believe how much it costs to mm -hmm. live. 
to rent an apartment in New Haven or Hartford. Yeah. Uh, so there's some substance there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know uh, we're putting out some issue bulletins right now from our yeah. advocacy department, and they are focused that housing is one of oh. the big ones. The affordable housing issue, we did an entire bulletin kind of that yeah. and how it ties into economic development. So and that'll be interesting. I, I, I think you're yeah. right. People need to realize it's not like this sort of abstract thing. It's like from the from the, the equity side of it, huge. But mm -hmm. there's also this notion of you want to make Connecticut attractive to young families mm -hmm. and keep them here. We got to figure out how to make it more affordable for yeah. them. I mean, it's it's like when they read when you get to the level of moving to a town and and buying a house. There's a great opportunity in Connecticut, but when you're deciding whether to start your career here, it can be mm -hmm. an expensive place to live. Yeah, yeah. We want those young professionals coming in for yeah. the, these jobs. They got to have a place they can afford to live. They they got to be coming. Yeah. yeah. You are listening to the Municipal Voice on WNHH 103.5 FM. You know, we talked about how the, the audience in the actual yeah. crowd there is going to be local officials, mayors, yeah. first selectmen, all that kind of stuff. Um, but obviously watching at home on TNH is going to be, yeah. you know, all over Connecticut. Um, what kind of questions do you think we can ask at the debate to help residents understand these candidates' visions for the future of our state? Uh, really good point. One of the criticisms I have uh, is that I haven't heard enough from all the two primary candidates and the independent candidate. What would it mean to have you as governor? Like, Ned, Ned okay, you've handled the pandemic mm -hmm. quite well. Uh, the state's budget is in good shape. What's your vision for Connecticut in coming years? Yeah. Uh, there's been so much talk about crime. You know, is mm -hmm. crime really a problem in, in Connecticut? Certainly we're concerned about car thefts and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it, should should we be directing more resources to uh, the cities for mm -hmm. crime fighting? Um, I, as I said, you know, if, if I want if for me personally, I want to hear about about making the state more affordable housing. What taxes? There's always just so much rhetoric about the property tax, whether it's yeah. for cars or whatever. Are there some concrete plans out there where they can actually do something? Uh, yeah. The affordability of Connecticut is a big deal, I think, for people. Yeah. So maybe just drilling, really drilling in and trying to get yeah. some actual plans and ideas rather than just platitudes about, you know. Exactly. Or just criticisms. But, yeah. uh, you know, under our previous governor, uh, Malloy, we heard a lot about attracting big companies to Connecticut, mm -hmm. giving them incentives. Lamont is focusing more on creating the environment to attract companies without having mm -hmm. to pay them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, how's that going to pay off? You know, uh, there's some, you know, places like Hartford. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, you know, what are they going to do with all those big buildings in Hartford yeah. that uh, and nobody's uh, working in anymore? Are they going to be able to make them into housing and, you know, keep the capital city uh, heading in the right direction? Uh these are some difficult questions here. Yeah. A lot of things to think about right now. And, um, and, you know, another good one is transportation. You know, everybody talks so much about Metro North and and how long it takes to get to New York and making Connecticut more attractive uh, by making the, the commute a little easier. So what are they going to do? Where are they going to find the money to, yeah. to, to do that kind of work? Yeah. Um, you just mentioned crime. Um, and there's an interesting article recently that suggested a significant portion of Connecticut residents thought that crime was trending upwards. Yes. When the data actually suggests that it's lower than it's ever been. You know? Right. Um, what role did journalists and politicians have in promoting a well-informed public? You know, 
And do those two yeah. positions ever di diverge on how exactly they can and should disseminate that data? So the whole issue of auto thefts here is a perfect mm -hmm. example of that. The, the, especially thefts of cars in the suburbs has gotten mm -hmm. a lot of attention. And justifiably, if, if people are worried about, about safety and carjackings mm -hmm. and thefts in the suburb, the media should pay attention to it. The, the, the government, the police should pay attention to it. But mm -hmm. I think the media has a responsibility for putting things in context here yeah. and creating a, an hysteria around crime when the statistics show that that you know long term crime is down in Connecticut. Homicides yeah. are up. Some other violent crimes are up. But the big picture, crime has been trending down. We better be keeping things in perspective when we're yeah. reporting this stuff. Yeah, I think that's always important. It's so easy to just focus on carjackings, catalytic converter thefts, be very afraid. I think we have to talk to people about what's happening in their neighborhood, but also presenting the big picture. Yeah. Um, another big topic these days in the media is, you know, fake news and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, with so much misinformation floating around out there, particularly in social media stuff, how hard is it to correct the record, you know, as a traditional media outlet? You know, I come from a world where it never bothered me when people pushed back on journalists. Mm -hmm. I, I, that never was a thing that got to me. That being said, you know, I was talking to a reporter the other day who was uh, at the Alex Jones trial and they were outside when there was a, a press conference. Alex Jones was having a press conference. Mm -hmm. There was a whole crowd yelling fake news, fake news to the to the TV reporters there. And I think you just have to strive to build trust with your readers or viewers mm -hmm. and be transparent and clear and acknowledge the fact that there's a ton of sources for news now. It's not yeah. just like the old days. There's people can choose their news. I mean, you know, as I was holding up my phone earlier, they can go many different places for news. Mm -hmm. So you'd better double down on efforts to be to build that trust with the community and present the news as fairly as you can. Yeah. The theme of our convention where the debate is going to yeah. be this year is getting back to the future of Connecticut. Yeah. I love riff that. On, on back to the future. But, you know, after, you know, several years of kind of pandemic times where it's like, yeah. you know, next crisis, fix this, deal with this yeah. immediate yeah. thing. Yeah. We're, you know, starting to talk about long-term plans, looking at the future and all this kind of stuff again. Um, from your standpoint as a veteran journalist, how do you yeah. feel about the direction of our state? Are you optimistic? You know, does the infrastructure money coming in and the surpluses make you feel better about the future of Connecticut? You know, maybe I'm getting older here, but uh, I've been here living in Connecticut for 30 plus years. I'm feeling fairly optimistic about Connecticut, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I feel like there's more talk now about the good things in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. and the positive direction that we see in a number of areas. I mean, yeah. my biggest criticism of Connecticut was always oh, people complaining so much. <laughs> and I feel like we need to focus on our, our attributes, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're not New York. We're not Boston, but there's a lot of good things about this state. And I do feel like we're talking more about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the pandemic has shown, Hey, people are moving here. Yeah. You know, and it's not so bad here because you can buy a nice house and send your kids to a good school district. And uh, you do that a whole lot cheaper than New York or Boston or Washington yeah. or Philadelphia. And I feel like we got to we got to sell ourselves more. Definitely. 
Well, Rick, thanks so much for speaking with us today. It's it's been a real pleasure. Uh, I, and I just want to thank you all for uh, hosting the debate uh, mm -hmm. early next month. It's going to be the like the last moment for people to see the candidates. Yeah, it's the last last debate before the election. It's the the tele only televised one. I think we're doing. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And and as I said before, I think it's a perfect audience because this is a well informed mm -hmm. group. So we feel yeah, mayors, first selectmen, the the elected officials from yes. all over Connecticut, big town, small town, will be there on hand. So well, wonderful. Well, th thank you for including us, and thanks for the conversation. Rick Green, thank you so much. We'd like to thank our guest, Rick Green from WTNH. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Gateway Community College and Housatonic Community College. Learn more at gatewayct.edu and housatonic.edu. The Municipal Voice is a co-production by CCM at WNHH 103.5 FM. Kevin Maloney is our executive producer, Christopher Gilson is our producer, Harry Draws is on the boards, and I'm Matt Ford, your host. Be sure to check out our Facebook page and give us a like, and watch out for our CCM chat series on our YouTube page. CCM's annual convention returns Tuesday, November 1st at the Mohegan Sun Convention Center. This year's convention will be capped off by Connecticut's final 2022 gubernatorial debate. Learn more at ccm-ct.org.